0: chapter eight of taking the bastille by alexander dumas translated by henry l williams this librivox recording is in the public domain pitou discovers he is brave the street appeared void and lonesome to Billet and his friend because the cavalry and chase of the Hayes had gone through the market and scattered after them in the side streets but as the pair got nearer the palais royal calling out in a hoarse voice by instinct, "'Revenge!' Men began to appear in doorways, up cellars, out of alleys, from the carriage gateways, mute and frightened at first, but when assured that the horse-soldiers had gone on, forming the procession anew, they repeated in a low tone, but soon in a loud one, "'Revenge!' Pitou marched behind the farmer, carrying the Sevoyard's cap, Thus the mournful and ghastly cortege arrived on Palais-Royal Place, where a concourse, drunk with wrath, were holding council and soliciting the French troops to help them against the foreign ones. "'What are these men in uniform?' inquired Billet in front of a company, standing under arms, to bar the road from the palace main doors to Charter Street. "'The French guards,' answered several voices. Uh "'Oh!' said the countryman, going nearer and showing the body of the Savoyard, which was lifeless now. "'Are you Frenchmen, and let us be murdered by foreigners?' The guardsmen shrank back a step involuntarily. "'Dead?' uttered several. "'Dead. Murdered, along with lots more, by the royal German dragoons. Did you not hear the charging cry?' the shots, the sword slashes, and the shrieks of the defenseless. Yes, shouted two or three hundred voices. The people were cut down on the Vendôme Square. And so are you the people, shouted Belay to the soldiers. It is cowardice of you to let your brothers be hacked to pieces. Cowardice, muttered some of the men in the ranks, threateningly yes i said cowardice and i say it again look here bellet went on taking three steps toward the point where the protest had risen perhaps you will shoot me down to prove that you are not cowards that is all very good said a soldier you are an honest blunt fellow my friend But you are citizens, and you do not understand that soldiers are bound by orders. Do you mean to say, said Belay, that if you receive orders to fire on us, unarmed men, that you, the successors of the guards who at Fontenoy bade the English shoot first, would do that? I wager I would not said the soldier nor i nor i echoed several of his comrades then stop the others firing on us continued belay to let the royal germans cut our throats is tantamount to doing it yourselves the dragoons here come the dragoons yelled many at the same time as the gathering began to retire over the square to get away up Richelieu Street. At a distance, but approaching, they heard the clatter of heavy cavalry. "'To arms! to arms!' cried the runaways. "'Pleg on you!' said billet, throwing down the dead Savoyard. "'Lend us your guns if you will not use them!' "'Hold on till you see whether we won't use them said the soldier, whom Belay had addressed, and as he snatched back the musket which the farmer had torn from his grip, "'Bite your cartridges, boys, and make the Austrians bite the dust if they interfere with these good fellows.' "'Ah, they shall see,' said the soldiers, carrying their hands from their cartridge-boxes to their mouths. "'Thunder!' muttered Bellet, stamping his foot why did i not bring my old duck-gun along but one of these pesky austrians may be laid out and i can get his carbine in the meantime said a voice taking this gun it is ready loaded a stranger slipped a handsome fowling-piece into billet's hands at this very instant the dragoons rushed into the square upsetting everybody they ran against the officer commanding the french guards came out three steps to the front aloha you gentlemen of the heavy dragoons he called out halt please whether the cavalry did not hear him or did not want to hear him or again were carried on by the impetus of a charge too violent to check the germans wheeled by a half turn to the right and trampled down an old man and a woman who disappeared under the hoofs fire roared billet why don't you fire he was near the officer and the order might have been taken as coming from him anyway the french guards carried their muskets to the shoulder and delivered a volley which stopped the dragoons short here gentlemen of the guards," said a german officer coming before the squadron thrown into disorder do you know you are firing on us yes by heaven we know it and you shall know it too so billet retorted taking aim at the speaker and dropping him with the shot thereupon the reserve rank of the guards made a discharge and the germans seeing that they had trained soldiery to deal with and not citizens who broke and fled at the first shot pulled round and made off for vendome square in the midst of a formidable outburst of hoots and cheers of triumph so that some horses broke loose and smashed their heads against the store shutters hurrah for the french guards shouted the multitude hurrah for the guards of the country said billet thank you said a soldier we are given the right name and christened with fire "'I have been under fire, too,' said Pitou, "'and it is not as dreadful as I imagined it.' "'Now, who owns this gun?' queried Billet, examining the rifle, which was a costly one. "'My master,' answered the man who had lent him it, "'and who wore the Orléans livery. "'He thinks you use it too handsomely to have to return it.' "'Where is your master?' demanded the farmer. The servant pointed to a half-open blind, behind which the prince was watching what happened. "'Is he with us, then?' "'With heart and soul for the people,' replied the domestic. "'In that case three cheers again for the Duke of Orléans,' said the farmer friends the duke of orleans is on our side three cheers for the duke he pointed upwards and the prince showed himself for an instant while he bowed three times to the shouting short as was the appearance it lifted enthusiasm to the utmost break open the gunsmiths shouted a voice in the turbulence let us go to the invalid soldier's hospital added some old veterans. General Sombroia has twenty thousand muskets there. And to the city hall exclaimed others. Flecella, provost of the traitors, has the keys for the town guard's armory, and he must give them up. To the hall bellowed a fraction of the assemblage. All flowed away in one or the other of the three directions called out. During this time the dragoons had rallied around Baron Besenval and Prince Lambesc on Louis the Fifteenth Square. Billet and Pitou were unaware of this, as they followed none of the parties and were left pretty well alone on Palais Royal Square. Well, where are we off to, dear Master Billet? inquired Ange Pitou. I should like to follow the crowd, replied the other. Not to the gunmaker's, as I have a first-rate gun, but to the City Hall or the Military Asylum Still, as we came to town not to fight, but to learn Doctor Gilbert's address, I think we ought to go to Louis the Great's college, where his son is, when I shall have got through with the doctor we can jump back into the chafing-dish. His eyes flashed lightnings. "'This course seems logical to me,' observed the young peasant. "'So take some weapons, gun or sword, from those beer-drinkers lying there,' said the farmer, pointing to half a dozen dragoons on the pave, "'and let us go to the college.' "'But these weapons are not mine, but the king's,' objected Pitou they are the people's corrected billet whereupon the other who knew the speaker was incapable of wronging a man to the extent of a mustard seed went up to the nearest corpse with multiplied caution and making sure he was lifeless he took the musket cartridge-box and sabre he wanted to take his hamlet but had his doubts about the defensive armor being confiscatable like the offensive arms while deliberating he listened toward vendome square it seems to me that the royal germans are coming back again he said indeed a troop of horse was heard coming at the walking gate quick quick they are returning said pitou billet looked around to see what means of resistance were offered but the place was almost deserted let us be off said he he went down Chartres Street, followed by Petou, who dragged the saber after him by the scabbard straps, not knowing how it ought to be hooked up till Bellet showed him. "'You looked like a traveling tinker,' he said. On Louis XV Square they met the column, started off to go over the river to the Invalides, but stopped short. The bridges and the Champs-Elysees were blocked.' Try. "'The Tulliere Garden Bridge,' suggested Billet. It was quite a simple proposition. The mob accepted it and followed Billet, but swords shining halfway to the gardens indicated that cavalry intercepted the march to that bridge. "'These confounded dragoons are everywhere,' grumbled the farmer. "'I believe we are caught,' said his friend. "'Nonsense. Five or six thousand men are to be caught, and we are that strong.' The dragoons came forward slowly, but it was in advance. "'The Royale Street has left us,' said Billet. "'Come this way, Ange.' But a line of soldiers shut this street up. "'It looks as though you were right,' said the countryman. "'Alas!' sighed ange who had followed him like his shadow all his regret at not being wrong was shown in the single word by the tone it was spoken in by its clamor and motion the mob showed that it was no less sensible than he about the quandary all were in indeed by a skilful manoeuvre prince lambesque had encircled the rioters in a bow of iron the cord being represented by the tuileries garden wall hard to climb over and the drawbridge railing almost impossible to force. Billet judged that the position was bad. Still, being a cool fellow full of resources when the emergency rose, he looked round him. Seeing a pile of lumber by the riverside, he said, I have a notion. Pitou, come along. Billet went up to a beam and took up one end, making a nod to his followers as much as to say, Take your end of it. Pitou was bent on helping his leader without questioning. He had such trust in him that he would have gone down into shoal without grumbling on the length of the road, or how the heat increased as they got on. The pair returned to the waterside walk, carrying a burden which half a dozen ordinary men would have sunk under. Strength is always an object of admiration to the crowd. Although very closely packed, way was made for the peasants, catching an idea of the work ahead some men walked before the joist carriers calling out clear the way there i say father billet are we to make a long job of this asked pitou when they had gone some thirty strides up to that gateway i can go it replied the young man laconically As he saw it was about as much farther, and the crowd, having an inkling of the plan, cheered them. Besides, some helped to carry, and the beam went on much more rapidly. In five minutes they stood before the gates. "'Now, then, heave, and all together,' said Belay. "'I understand,' said Patu. "'This is what the ancient Romans called a battering-ram.' the piece of timber set going was banged with a terrible blow against the gate-lock the military on guard within the gardens ran to check this inroad but at the third swing the gates yielded and the multitude flowed into the dark gap by the movement prince lambasque perceived that the netted rioters had found an outlet rage mastered him to see his prisoners escape he started his horse forward to learn what was the matter when his men, thinking he was leading a charge, followed him closely. The horses were heated with their recent work and could not be restrained. Thirsting for retaliation for their check on Palais-Royal Square, the men did not, probably, try hard to restrain them. The prince, seeing that it was impossible to stop the movement, let himself be carried away, and a shriek of frightful intensity from women and children rose to heaven as a claim for its vengeance. A dreadful scene took place in the gloom. The victims went mad with pain, while they who charged were mad with fury. A kind of defense was organized, and chairs were flung at the cavalry. Struck on the head, Prince Lambesque replied with a sword-cut, without thinking that he was striking the innocent for the guilty. An old man was sent to the ground. Belay saw this, and he uttered a shout. At the same time he took aim with his rifle and the prince would have been killed, but for his horse, having reared at the very instant, it received the bullet in the neck and died instantly. The fallen prince was believed slain, and the dragoons rushed into the Tuileries' garden, firing their pistols at the fugitives. But they, having plenty of room, dodged behind the trees. Belay tranquilly reloaded his fowling-piece." you are right pitou we have come to town on time he said and i think i am becoming brave remarked pitou standing the pistol fire of a horseman and spilling him out of the saddle with his musketoon it is not so hard as i thought that's so replied the other but useless bravery is bravado come along and don't let your sword trip you up wait for me father belay for I do not know Paris like you do, and without you I shall go astray. Come, come, said the farmer, leading him along the river terrace until they had distanced the troops, advancing by the quays as rapidly as they could to help the lambesque dragoons if needed. At the end of the terrace he sat on the parapet and jumped down on the embankment running along the river. Pitou did the same. End of chapter 8 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia